0: Good morning. Good morning. We're so glad that you are able to join us again for another TRC broadcast. Um, I'm just, I hope you guys are approaching the holiday season carefree. I hope that you guys are allowing uh, God to be God and not have so many anxieties. Uh, You know, it is what it is. And, you know, we we love God. We love the holidays but it's just a matter of keeping things in priority. So I just encourage you, enjoy for what it is. Be fruitful in the things of God, and that will give you a greater measure of joy when it comes down to enjoying this holiday season. So again, thank God for you. Thank God for the TRC staff that constantly puts these things together. It's not an easy thing. However, uh, there is a lot of diligence and a lot of work that goes into this, and I want to thank them personally for all that they do. Again, uh, we'll get right on into the Word of God today. Uh, It's a lot that I want to say to you. But I hope it just really, let me just pray for you before I start. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the favor that is on your word. I thank you for the anointing of God that is able to remove every burden and destroy every yoke. I thank you that as the word of God goes forward, that your people will have an ear to hear. I thank you that their eyes will be anointed, that they see in their heart, Father, anointed, that they comprehend the grace of God that is upon your word, Father, shall spill over into their lives and illuminate their hearts. And Father, now I thank you that will never be the same. We give you the praise, the honor and the glory that the enemy is bound. No weapon formed against this word will prosper. The word is not bound. It has free course in the life of your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you about something today and a you know, I'm I'm getting to the place where I'm I think it's just a lot more beneficial to just to talk to you. Oh, sure. There's going to be scriptures because I don't believe that any preacher should talk without the scriptures. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's what validates is who we are and what we're saying. So but I I, I want to keep it as easily and treated as possible. So uh, I want you guys to listen. I don't want it to sound too casual that you, that it doesn't get your attention. I want you to really just pay attention because there is a blessing in the word of God for you. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject of the blessing of the first, the blessing of the first, you know, I'll tell you this right now, order structure and priority has this perks. In a world that we live in of such chaos and such disorder, such dishonor, order, structure, and priority has its perks. We spend our lives uh, in search of life's best assets. I mean, we want, we, you know, the majority of our lives just become one great big treasure hunt, you know, uh, because we want the best. We want the best home. We want the best careers. We want the best mate. We want the best uh, 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 car. Whatever tickles your fancy, we want the best. And life, again, as I stated, has for many people just become a big treasure hunt. However, God has reserved all those things for those who have made him a priority. Listen, God in his nature cannot and will not be second. He's God over all a God, not at all. You know, throughout uh, the Bible, he gives us a clue as to how to unlock his hidden treasures. He started with uh, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3 where he says, that thou shalt have no other gods before me. He said, I must be first. Are you understanding that? I must be first. Many times we don't make him first. He's first even if we don't make him first, but when he's not first in our lives, we don't we, we, we don't get the benefits that he intended. His blessings are bestowed upon the first. You're going to see this as a trend. You're going to see this as a pattern. God has a lot to say about the first. And many times we overlook those things. You know, when you look in the scriptures, you see terms like firstborn, which you know on the firstborn that was an inheritance. You know, you can see that with Esau and Jacob. Uh, first fruits. You just, you know, he said in uh, uh, talking to the church of, of, of uh, Laodicea, he said, You lost your first love. Uh, see, there's a lot that encompasses the first. And when we don't really understand how important the first is with God, we really miss out on taking full advantage of what the covenant is offering us. Where is God on your list, really? Is God a first in just from a verbal aspect or is he a first, you know, he said, uh, seek to seek my face but this is what he said he said that if you acknowledge me in all your ways that means acknowledge me first i will direct your path are you listening don't allow your own understanding to be first acknowledge me he said and i will direct your path all over the bible we see god has a strong determination to be first And he will not be anything else other than first. So we'll look at the scriptures and it might challenge your answer. If you say God is first in your life, by the time we come out of the scriptures, it might challenge your answer. OK, let's get ready to get into the word of God. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter four. And we're going to just kind of talk through the scriptures. We're going to see a few principles. We're going to understand some things that God is really saying to us and things he wants us to really catch on to. He really wants us to be educated in his word. So we'll go to Genesis and uh, chapter four and uh, we'll look at. Uh, Let's just look at verse one. The Bible says, and Adam knew his wife and she conceived and she Cain, and said, I have begotten a man uh, from the Lord. Now, listen, I want to say this before I move on. Here's a principle to help you in every area of your life. It's a very powerful uh, principle. The Bible says that Adam knew Eve and she conceived. We have to stop this hit or miss and one night stands with the word of God. The word knew was not talking about an intellectual uh, property. It was talking about an intimacy. Adam knew his wife intimately and she conceived. When you know the word of God on an intimate basis, what happened happen is, you will conceive, become impregnated with the word. That's why I says receive the engrafted word with meekness, which is able to save your soul. When you receive the word of God, you become intimate. How do you become intimate with the word of God? Remember I said, we need to stop these one night stands with the word of God. This wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. From the scriptures, we need to stop that because you become intimate when you meditate on the word, you know, uh, Psalms 1 uh, and 1 that says blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of the sinner or sit in the seat of the scornful but his delight his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doeth he meditate day and night see when you lay down with the word of God and you delight in the word and you meditate the word you will become impregnated with a vision the bible says in joshua 1 and 8 let not the book of this law depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that's the part that most people miss they read the scriptures for information but they don't read the scriptures for the scriptures to become a part of them Are you listening to become one with the word of god when you become one with the word of god you will become impregnated with the word you will you then you will conceive and you will give birth to a different lifestyle you'll give birth to a different result you'll give birth to a different uh uh, uh you know when you when you're wanting something even in your prayer life you give birth to those things but you have to slow up and 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 and, and be pur- purposeful with god purposeful with the word of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I hope I hope this is making sense. And so the Bible says, and she conceived. So that was just a little side note on what we were talking about as far as helping you to understand how to get the most out of the scriptures. This is how you have to approach it. Okay, and then the Bible went on to say, uh, verse two, and she again buried his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, I want to show you something here in regards to first. The Bible says in verse 3, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Uh, then the Bible says in verse 4, and 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 Abel, he also brought of the firstlings, the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. What I want you to understand is, are you like Cain? Do you give God what is due to him when you get around to it? In the process of time, when it's convenient, when it's a place where it doesn't really cost you sacrifice, is this when you give God what's rightfully his? The Bible says that Abel honored him and gave him of the firstlings. But then Cain in the process of time, he just brought it to God. And he thought that at that time it was going to be acceptable. And we do the same thing in our lives. We give the best to our jobs. We give the best to our community. We give the best to our to our friends. We give the best to our social life. We give the best we have to social media. And all of that, and then when it comes down to God, in the process of time, we will begin to give him what we believe that He uh, we owe him, not what he deserves. You know, I remember in Malachi, the first chapter, where he said, hey, you're bringing me all of these sacrifices, but the sacrifices that you're bringing me are flawed. He said, you wouldn't even give that to the dignitaries in your society. He says, so where is my honor? And so many times it's a lack of honor where we don't give God what's rightfully his. Are you listening? Let me continue to move on. The Bible says, and um, Abel also bought the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. This is kind of where we are when we don't see the favor of God on our lives. And many times we get upset. Many times our countenance fall. And the Bible says that we walk through the church mournfully. We live our Christian lives mournfully. We are sad. And you look at us and we don't, there's no joy. There is no strength. There is no excitement. And Paul said to adorn the gospel. What what does that mean? He means that anytime you present the gospel to people that are on the outside, people that are not saved, dress it up and present it at its best. Did you get what I'm saying? Adorn the gospel. Many times we're, we're, we're just basically like, hey, we are impartial. And we present the gospel the way we feel. You got to understand you are an ambassador for Christ. You are a representative of Christ. So therefore, when you show people Christ, you got to be careful that you don't show a flawed image of Jesus. Now, let me uh, continue to move on. But the Bible says, and the Lord said unto Cain, why are you mad? (laughs) Why are you mad? And why has your countenance fallen? Why are you looking sad? He said, if you do well, then should it not be accepted? Then he went on to say, uh, and if you do not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shall rule over him. He's saying to you, just like you would see a vagabond or somebody sitting outside of the door waiting to beg, sin is lying at your door opportunity to sin is lying at your door and his and he has a desire are you listening and you he wants you to be his desire but the bible says you have to rule over him and when you rule that means that you don't just be friends with him you just don't be passive with him you rule him you rule sin. You rule the opportunity uh, to get involved in things that are outside of being an ambassador for Christ. Now, let me continue to move on because there's a lot to be said. Um, here, He, uh, we, we understand Abel bought the first, the first one. God honored the first. Look at someone and say, God will honor the first. He will. He will honor the first. God wants you to make him a priority. God does not want to be an afterthought. God will not be an afterthought. You might play it that way, but I'm telling you right now, listen to what he said. Draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. Well, with the same pace that you draw under God, he will draw now under you. And you will find yourself that when you're in one of your challenges in your life and it seems like God is slow moving, it's the pattern in the pace that you have set. Are you listening? Now, let's continue to move on with this theme of God being first. Let's go to Joshua chapter six. Joshua chapter six. And let's begin reading at the. Uh, Verse 16, and it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that is therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, and she and all that are in her house, because she hid the messages. That was sent. Uh, and this is very powerful. Listen to verse 18. And ye in any wise. Keep yourselves from their cursed thing. Lest you make yourselves a curse. When you take of their cursed thing. And make the camp of Israel a curse. And trouble it. Now 19 is the key. But all the silver. The gold. The vessels of brass and iron. Are consecrated. Unto the Lord they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Now, from a backdrop standpoint or perspective, we see that they were invading Canaan. The children of Israel, there was about 10 cities, but they they were starting with Jericho. Jericho was the most fortified city. The walls were so great and massive. But God did a tremendous miracle in order to initialize and establish their faith. So he told the people, there's something about this city. Why was Jericho so important? Jericho was the first city to be conquered. The first. Now, that's very important. He said, the goal The silver, the vessels of brass and iron, they are consecrated unto the Lord and they are to be put into his treasury. He said, when you go in this first city, he said, don't you take anything for yourselves. It's consecrated unto the Lord. Why? Jericho was the first city. Jericho, everything, the first in that city belonged to God. See, let me explain something to you and I'll bring it home in a more uh, uh, relative manner. You got to understand something about the first. We go back, we look at Jesus. The Bible says, listen, Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. The firstborn. Here's why that's so significant. Here is a pattern. Here is a principle. The first went to the Lord. Some of you are starting to get it in a minute. The first went to the Lord. Why? Because when Jesus came to be the firstborn among many brethren, the first is always sacrificed. The second is always redeemed. (laughs) Did you get that? Jesus was sacrificed so that we might be redeemed. So when God says, give me the first, he has a purpose. He wants to sacrifice the first so he can redeem what comes after it. Did you get that? What it comes down to is the clean for the unclean. See, Jesus was clean. We were unclean. So he came; he was sacrificed for us. So therefore, he was able to take that sacrificial uh, 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 lamb and redeem the unclean heathen. This carries true in the in, in 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 the in the Bible. How many times did God said, "I want you to go get um, a, a lamb. I want you to go get a dove." go get something that is not flawed go get something that has that no imperfections why because he was using that as a sacrifice so then what came after it it was an atone for the people they're seeing because they were unclean so you're getting this, to see this picture that the first is the sacrifice and the second is redeemed see this is one of the reasons why now i'm gonna say i'm gonna make a statement and i know there's gonna be a lot of people there will be people who would disagree with this let me give you a disclaimer right now if you disagree with what i'm saying it's okay because i'm not trying to persuade you i'm preaching the gospel there are people right now who are dying and going to hell even though the gospel is pure It doesn't mean that your belief or unbelief validates the scriptures. So I'm going to give you a a little more about this. And if you don't agree with me, that's okay. If you believe Jesus is Lord, then I believe Jesus is Lord. That's the common ground. We will just agree on what we agree on. Okay. But the first is the sacrifice and the second is redeemed. A lot of people think when it comes down to tithe, tithing is 10%. Tithing is not 10%. Tithing is the first 10%. Why? Because that is the sacrifice unto the Lord. See, a lot of people say, "Um, I pay my tithe. No, you pay bills. The Bible says the 10th is holy unto the Lord. You know, you, you remember in Malachi, will a man rob God? How can you rob God of something that doesn't belong to him? I couldn't rob you of a 2021 Bentley uh, Continental if you don't have one. Are you listening? So the 10th belongs to the Lord. Why? Because God wants the 10th in order to do the things that will will, will, will give good Reference to his church. He don't want you selling, listen, please don't get mad with me, but he don't want you selling Krispy Kreme donuts to get choir robes. Are you listening? God doesn't want you out here selling M&Ms in order that he have stuff in his church when he has a tenth that is belongs to him that people rob him of. So he gave us 90%, but the 90% will fall up under a curse. And why? Because the 10% that was supposed to be first did not redeem it. That's what makes the 90% stretch. That's what makes the 90% do everything you need it to do is when you honor him with the 10%, that is the clean and it will redeem the unclean you giving money to your house payment before you give that first 10%, your house payment cannot redeem the rest of your money. Your car payment cannot redeem the rest of your money. Some people are not liking what I'm saying. Some people are getting a revelation of what I'm saying. So be it as it may, I my job is to preach the word. Are, Are you understanding what I'm saying? So... uh. That's why the scripture says, uh, will a man rob God? You said, where in have we robbed you? He said, in tithe and offering. He said, wherefore, bring ye the tithe and offering into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house. And he don't mean pork chops and fried chicken. He said meat. He's talking about dirt. So my gospel can be financing, there'll be revelation and people who have my heart will preach the word of God. They'll not be always trying to tell you and listen, I don't, you know, I'm not shooting at anybody. They're not trying to tell you send a $37.45 offering and God is going to bless you. They're not trying to tell you to do all of these other things. He said, when you do what I tell you, my house will be sufficient. So you don't have to have a $100 line a $50 line, um, a, a, a $10 line, and a change line for the children. Are you listening? I'm just telling you. Now, a disclaimer. Some pastors have to operate like that because the people are not faithful. I'm not mad with them because they're trying to do everything they know how to do to keep the doors open and keep the gospel going, and the people are not faithful. The people that come in there and when it's time for them to give the first fruits of all their increase, they come in and they put a bunch of George Washington's in the plate and, and, and they go on. But now if you give somebody, or, and if, and if they put boy, if they put anything over a five or a 10, then they say like, look, you better be glad. Cause I blessed you. But if they get ready to go to the mall and you give them five or $10, they'll say, well, you think I'm gonna do with this? See, that's just that double standard. Now, I know people have clenched their wallets while I was talking about this and it made some people uncomfortable. Look at someone and tell them, relax. No one knows it's you. Are you listening? So uh, I'm gonna move on because when we talk about the first, you will see that it's got a lot more to do with this because we're talking about the first. So uh, let's move on. Let me say this too, this this will help you. This will let you know where I'm coming from. In the Old Testament, people tied to avoid the curse. They didn't want to be under the curse. But well, see, we're not in the Old Testament anymore. People tied in the New Testament because we are free from the curse. See, the Bible says in Galatians, this is New Testament, Galatians Chapter 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. It is written, blessed is everyone that hangeth upon the tree, that the blessings of Abraham. Now, why is that so important about the blessings of Abraham? Abraham tied to Melchizedek. When he went out and got all of the spores of war, he came back and he tied to Melchizedek. However, that was the Old Testament. The Bible says that Jesus, this is New Testament, is now our high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Now listen, again, you don't have to argue with me. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If life is grand like it is, don't do it. So I don't want you to misunderstand that I'm trying to twist your arm and get you to do something that you don't do. What changes us is when we understand something different. And as long as we don't have knowledge of something, then there's no room for change. And see, the Bible says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. But can you be a Christian and still certain things come on your life like the old life you used to live? Absolutely. Absolutely. It can, because when you get into disobedience, you are in the realm of the curse. And Proverbs uh, twenty-six and two says, "As the bird by flying and the, and uh, swap as the w- excuse me, as the bird by wandering, and the, the the swallow by flying, so the curse without a cause shall not come. You are born again, and when you live under the uh, under the the commandments of God." The curse just can't come on your life. Without a cause, without you opening the door to it, it cannot come on your life. Are you listening? You know, you save, saved, you're born again, you're married, and you go out here and you start hanging out with, some, with somebody else's wife or husband or whatever, and you get caught and they come in and they shoot you. That was not the blessings of God. That was a curse that came on you because you opened the door to the curse and to their house. (laughs) Are you listening? It's just making sense. It's just making sense. Let me move on because I know I I got to, um, I got to finish this. So uh, let's go to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. Are you listening? Matthew chapter six. Now, You've read the scripture before. You've heard it many times, but we're going to go over it again. And um, the Bible says, and I'm going to start here. The Bible says, but seek ye first, verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. First, there's that word again. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, before we really elaborate on this, I want to. Uh, I want to talk about this. Matthew six thirty three. It begins with a conjunction, but, which means that there is a joining thought. Uh, that lets us know it's not a standalone verse. Seek ye first. Seek. To seek means uh, to seek something is to earnestly look for it with expectations of finding it. That's when you are seeking. Many Christians are browsing. But he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The word seek in Matthew 6, 33, is a present imperative verb that means that one is to pursue something and keep on pursuing. it. That doesn't mean that you just look one time and stop. It's kind of like when a <clears throat> the prophet sent the man to go see if there was any clouds. He came back, he said he didn't see anything. He said, go back and look again. See, we have to go back and look again. He wants you to keep seeking. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Without stopping, pursuing, keep on pursuing without stopping. Now, he said, but the conjunction that's joining two thoughts together, seek ye first. Let's go back and see what these thoughts were. Let's go back to verse... uh, 25, and let's start right there. The Bible says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not life more than meat and the body than raiment. Now, here it was telling you these things that you have to have to live in life. He said, don't take, another translation says, a worried thought. Don't allow yourself to be all uh, filled with anxiety. Don't allow yourself to get caught up like the world. He said, take no thought for these things. And then I'll go back down uh, to verse 31. Uh, let me see, that might not be where I want to go. I want to go to 33. Back, well, I'll go to 31. It gives you a more complete thought. Verse 31, he he, he reiterated what we just said. Therefore, take no thought saying, because that's what happens. When you take the thought, you will ultimately start saying. He said, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we be clothed? He said, for all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, do you get that understanding? He's saying that people without God, uh, this is their priority. Remember I said most people, life has turned into a treasure hunt. They're seeking the things of, of, the, of life instead of seeking first the kingdom and God's way of doing things, his righteousness. They're seeking food. They're seeking clothing. They're seeking homes. They're seeking cars first. It's okay to desire those things, but they're seeking them first. And he said, For your heavenly Father, know that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, here is what the priority, the structure of first will do for you. He said, when you seek this, he said, all these things shall be added to you. Now, I don't know about you. You got Christians who go out and seek these things. You got Christians that God add these things to. People that just seem to do the will of God and they prosper They do the things of God and their life is blessed. They do the things of God and you never hear them talking about uh, money, never hear them talking about uh, 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 prosperity all the time. They're talking about moving forth the kingdom. And what happens in this uh, when they're doing this, God is adding to their lives because they made him a priority. We read that scripture a lot, but he said, God will add this. Are you listening? He will add these things to your life. You don't have to chase them. They will chase you. That is, that's, that is powerful. That's where we want to be. He said, take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What he's trying to tell you is, is that you're sitting here worried about tomorrow. See, but when you seek God first, our needs are added. We are blessed by default. Blessed by default. But he said, don't take any thought for tomorrow. Sufficient. Today. You got enough today to deal with. There's enough things in today that you don't know. And you need to allow yourself to prioritize. That's why most people are overwhelmed because they don't they're, they're not prioritized. They're not prioritizing. This will help any of you out here right now. If you feel like you're in over your head, make some right priorities. And see one thing at a time. My wife used to say this all the time. And she said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. When you try to stuff an elephant in your face, you're going to be overwhelmed. There are things going on in your life right now. What's the most important? I'll tell you, God. Make him a priority. And then all these other things that come after him being a priority will begin to set themselves in order. And as you know, order always precedes multiplication. Tell someone, stop chasing the pot of gold and focus on the rainbow. Why? The rainbow is the promise. See, the pot of gold is a figment of your imagination because only the leprechauns told you it was at the end of the rainbow. God never told you that. Are you listening? Make him a priority. Let's put God back in his proper place. Let's put him back first and be blessed. Well, I hope you got something out of the word of God uh, this morning. Uh, God is a very present help in the time of need, and again, if you're out there right now and your life seems to be topsy turvy, if you are out here right now and you seem to have so many things going on in your life and you don't know how to put them in order, start with putting God first because God is never going to be second, God overall, or God not at all. Amen. Well, thank you guys for those of you who have constantly been keeping God first. You've been faithful. You've been faithful during this pandemic. You've not let up. You've been constantly moving the kingdom forward. I want to just thank you for that. God thanks you too. He will reward you. God is not going to uh uh he, he's not going to bless you because you are disobedient. Are you listening to me? He's never going to, he will forgive you, but he's never going to reward. Are you listening? So let's put him back in his proper place and let's be blessed by default. Amen. If this bless you, continue to be a part of, 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 of sowing in this ministry, continue to be a part of praying for this ministry, continue to be a part of coming and hearing the word of God. Amen. And letting it change your life. And up until that time, whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, make sure that you put God first. That's how you know you can keep it real.